We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you on, uh, well, pretty nice week um, here in Knicks land. And we are ending it with a bang. Let me tell you, um, again, I don't get many living legends on this show. We are we are a humble production, right, Andrew Claudio? We right, are, humble? indeed. We are humble production. A skeleton um, crew, I think they would call it. <laughs> I think they would call it that. Um, but um, a literal part of the fabric of this country um, in so many ways uh, and honored beyond honored to get to talk to him. Uh, Mr. Chuck D joins us on the program today. Uh, we talk obviously a lot about the Knicks, um, about the Kemba trade, about some other some other stuff. Um, so very, 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 very excited to share that conversation with you and uh yeah i think uh is there a reason you've been freudian slipping calling it a kemba trade because we've been i've been doing the same thing kemba signing kemba yeah i think because when i'm more behind the scenes because jeremy hinted at it we found out wednesday morning that something was going to happen and that it was going to be a trade so when it happened and it wasn't kemba getting traded to the knicks I think a collective like, oh, wait, this is good. This is not them trading because they panicked and took I, on that contract similar to what the Lakers did with Russ. You know, I just can't get over. I just can't get over someone that could still potentially be a very, 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 very good player in this league just is walking here on his own mm-hmm. accord. Yep. That's all he's doing. He's just walking it's what last season did. We that 
listen, it's not Dame. It's not Lowry. It's, it's baby steps. You don't go from the laughing stock of professional sports to they, they, although allegedly, you know, they, they may want to come here already, but you know, that takes, that takes a little time. And um, this is a step. Yeah. We had talked step. about it during the season. They are now a destination. This is the first time in a while that a buyout guy was like, I want to go play yeah. for them. Yeah. And it's, it's good to see, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's fantastic. Um, I'm very excited for it. I like, I can say this unequivocally now. I can't remember the last time I've been this excited to watch Knicks basketball. Yeah. Without Which question. is like before the season, you mean? Because I was excited during last season. Once we Oh, yeah. No, before like going into a season, you know, last year and the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before, you know, a lot of years, even before 2012-13, like we, we thought it was going to be, you know, good, mm-hmm. um, but not like that. Well, um, and so, some of us were a little more excited than others in 2012-13. Or going into 2012. I wanted to see it first. I wanted okay. to see it first because they had been essentially a 500 team the year before. But now going, I mean, they were, but now going, 19 and six down the stretch after D'Antoni got fired. Yes, that's true. And then yes. got smoked out of the playoffs by, by the Miami Heat. But, but, but I digress. <laughs> I'm so sorry that they got um, swept by smoked by the Miami Heat. Listen, um, uh-huh. I this is going to be a fun team. Um, it's a well-conceived team. It's a, it, the team is obviously well put together. I think everybody's going to have a very clear role. I think everybody's going to know their role. I think everybody's going to embrace their role. Um, the parts make sense. Um, unlike so many, uh, it's, it's essentially the complete opposite of the team. I mean, I don't want to, there's no reason to throw shade at anybody today, but you know, it's the opposite of the job that, uh, Steve Mills and and in fairness Scott Perry did uh, two years ago. Now Scott Perry is still here. I don't know how much he had to do with this. Um, I don't know, you know, what was the driving force, but whatever it was, I'm happy. So. You hit it that everything makes sense because, like, I'll be honest, the night of free agency, I think the collective grade the four of us gave was like, this is an incomplete. It's not an F it's not an a, if you had to, it was a closer to it's it's closer to a C, but like, you know, there's clearly another move to be made. And I think, I think I kept going back to like, there's a point guard out there. They're going to go after whether it's a Schroeder, whether it's a Reggie Jackson, and there's no way they're going to camp with Derek. With Derek was being your starter, and now everything. I knew that. I told you that at the yeah, end. Of the th- I mean, I, I predicted Voldoza at the time, which I didn't really think mm-hmm. that was going to come be the case anyway, or either. But I just I knew Derek Rose wasn't going to be the starter. Which now it, it again every it's like I don't want to liken. I do this a lot. You know this. I do this a lot with baseball, where I try to bring baseball into this. But it's you like do this a lot. When the Mets got Cespedes, I'm not comparing that to Kemba Walker's. I don't think the Knicks are now going to the World Series. Um, when the Mets got Cespedes, the rest of the lineup fit. You didn't have like a four hitter trying to be a three hitter. You didn't have a six hitter trying to be a five hitter. Yep. You didn't have guys playing out of position. Now everybody fell in line. They had their main guy that was the, the, the heart of the lineup and everybody else could play their role perfectly. And now Derek Rose could come off the bench. Alec Burks doesn't have to do something he's uncomfortable with. Emmanuel quickly isn't forced to learn how to be the franchise point guard no. yet. He has a year to learn under two of the That's best awesome. to ever do it. Everything else falls into place. I, I, I mean, the only thing I'll say that I think it'll take some time, um, which is something that this, this is the identity of last year's team was, you know, 
guys created shots for themselves, whether it was Julius Randle creating a shot, RJ Barrett creating a shot, obviously Derek Rose creating a shot, Emmanuel quickly creating a shot. It was a lot of shot create, it's a lot of individual shot creation. And, um, you know, this, I want to see if this team can finally do the one, th- I, I think they're going to be the highest ranked team in effective field goal percentage that the Knicks have seen in, in some time. I want to see if they could get out of the bottom finally for the first time, I think since maybe 2012, 13, um, although you know, maybe some of those triangle years were a little bit higher <laughs> in assist percentage, league wide mm-hmm. rankings. Um, I would like to see, you know, with Kemba here, we're the real point guard here. Can we get some of those moments on offense where you look like you're watching, you know, like, oh, wow, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. You know, I'd actually I haven't done the research. I know you're going to do the research, but. I would already say that I remember those triangle teams. Those were very heavy ice. So a lot of. Yeah, no, I'm stuff, just saying Derek Rose do stuff. Maybe there were a couple of years. There were a couple of years where they weren't like bottom of the league in assist percentage. Mm-hmm. But if you look back, you know, uh, the, the statistic that the Knicks are just they're regularly, you know, for as long as I can remember at the bottom mm-hmm. is like they just, you know, they don't they don't generate easy buckets, which speaks to the. the State of the point guard situation in this I, franchise forever, you know? Yeah. Like, um, where does Kemba Walker rank without ever playing a game? In terms of Dick point guards? Like, point guards to play for the Knicks. Like, already, I mean, just sight unseen. In, I mean, just in terms of career rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's an interesting question. It's like already top seven or eight. Yeah, but are we like, kidding? Are we counting like Jason Kidd? You know, no, because he was more of the greatest two, point guards ever. He was and more he of a two play. guard at the time. Okay, so I, if we're not if we're not counting Jason Kidd, um, I think Kemba's probably already had a better career than Marbury. Mm-hmm. It's close, closer than you think, but he's had a better career than Marbury. I um, put him below de, below D Rose. That's a good question, actually. Only because the peak is like the MVP of the league, but longevity. Kemba's been a starter longer than D Rose has. I'll tell you this. Actually, I don't know if I, mm, mm. Mm, I was about take? to say, I think Kemba has a better chance of making the, we're t- talk about getting off track. I was about to say, I think Kemba has a better chance of making the hall of fame than, than Rose. Well, yeah. Cause it's, oh, it's the basketball hall of fame for one. And then, you know, Kemba has the longevity. He's going to have his career. Better, just like better career stats. Yeah. There's no it, drop, you know? Yeah. I mean, Kemba, we could do this very, very quickly right now. Um, you know, he's been in the league now. He's 31 years old. He's been in the league about a decade. It's a four-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA. That's usually a little bit below the threshold. Um, and he's Ex- never had any real playoff success. I mean... That's what it is. If yeah. he had the, the Chris Bosh playoff success, then he'd have well, a case. But, but listen, hey... Chris Bosh made one All-NBA team. Yes, no. Well, no. No, 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 no. You're... you're no, he made more than one all. I he made the two thousand. Let's do this live. He made the two thousand eight All NBA team. The one year that they got, they were the three seed and they lost to the Nets in the first round. He made definitely more than one All NBA team. Hold on, maybe I'm wrong, and I'll leave it in if I got if I'm wrong here. Oh, and leave it in if I'm wrong. Chris Bosh made All NBA second team in two thousand seven. When he before he went to before um, he went to the Miami Heat. And that was the year he finished seventh in MVP voting. I think so. It was the year that it was like, oh, he can lead a team to a three seed. And they got wow. they lost to the Nets in the first round. 
Bad job by me. I was convinced he made at least one more. Because we all think of like the big three, Toronto Bosch. That's what you were getting when really. I just thought he made another one with Toronto. I knew he didn't make any with. Um, I knew he didn't make with any the heat. With, yeah. with the Heat. I thought he made another one with Toronto. Um, because there was another, there was another year he finished, I think in like the top 15 and it, but then again, that doesn't always translate to, to all NBA. All right. Um, yeah, it, well, but last thing, and then we'll get to my conversation with Chuck D, um, and, and an announcement, which is why we were going to do this in the first place. And then we started talking about Kemba. Oh yeah. I, I completely yeah. forgot about that. But that totally did too. You're good. But guy, get to your last thing and then we'll, we'll um, break some news. Yeah, is he finished? See, finished twelfth in MVP voting in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yet did not uh, make it all. Julius Randall finished yeah, seventh this year. Is he at MVP? No, but <laughs> I'm saying he made second favorite? team All NBA. That's my point. Usually, oh, when you finish twelfth yeah. in, in MVP, you make an All NBA team. He didn't. Um, a lot of good forwards at that time in the league. Um, with um, with Kemba, I think it's very telling. You know, he's a guy thirty one years old. He is a couple good years away, depending on what those years contain from having being a, having a real credible case for the hall of fame. It's telling that he wants to spend that time here in New York mm-hmm. with this team um, and, and see what happens. So um, that's awesome. The announcement, um, I guess I'll say it. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to Las Vegas for summer league. Um, we kind of touched on this a little bit at, uh, during this uh, free agent live stream. Um, the reasoning is simple. Uh, Las Vegas is a disaster right now. Um, in terms of uh, COVID and just um, it's, it's just not, it's not where you want to be. Um, and as um, many of you know, I have a wife and two very young daughters who unfortunately because of their age you know, are not vaccinated and um, just a little bit of an overabundance of caution on, um, on, on my part. And, and Andrew, you just recently shared your story about, mm-hmm being on a what was a bachelor party right it was a bachelor party where and look i in hindsight i wish i didn't come and this is full transparency i wish i didn't come as aggressive at the people close to me that you know get vaccinated or else you know but part of the reason why vegas is the way it is right now is because of some personal choices some people have made and i i just to echo what you've said it's an abundance of caution and it's like we will replace it with something in New York, which sucks because yeah. we were looking forward to meeting some people that are our West Coast Knicks fans. But um, we're still going to do a ton of coverage of summer league. Yeah, we'll have pods. Yeah, well, yeah, the whole, whole thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're the hope is that, uh, you know, this will help keep us healthy so that when the season gets here um, again, we can or maybe even before the season, we can do something um uh, and d- before and during the season, we can mm-hmm. do something, you know, with uh, everybody here. That's some kind of a community event and, uh, you know, kind of bring everybody together. So um, that's the announcement. Um, I want to give just one quick shout out to Blue Wire, who's been very accommodating. Oh, yes. We told them a week before we were supposed to leave that we're not going to go. And they were completely understanding, like safety first. And like they're we I, I don't want to I don't think I'm able to say his name, but our contacts down in Vegas has is in the middle of it, like moved to Vegas for this job to be the connect and is dealing with what Vegas is dealing with right now. So, um, yeah, just, I I hope we don't disappoint you guys. I'm sure you, you guys have always been so supportive of us. You'll completely understand all of this, but, uh, yeah, hopefully summer 2023 when this is hopefully all behind us, you'll, you'll see Nick's film school there sometime. Yeah. 
Um, well said. Okay, I think that's enough. <laughs> let's take it get, away. Let's, let's as I hit the mic with my pen. Let's get uh, to my conversation with Chuck D. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, my goodness, where do I begin? Uh, Twelve studio albums, three platinum, four number one. Number one, you can't get higher than number one. Rap singles on the charts. Um, he is um, one of the most influential and important artists uh, of our time. Um, I still have to pinch myself that I'm sitting here and talking to him today. Uh, most importantly, though, most importantly, he is a Knicks fan. And yes. then, of course, is Mr. Chuck D. Hello, Chuck. Big fan of Jonathan Macri. And I said your name <laughs> in, in, in that upcoming documentary about all the, you know, the prominence of, of, of you necessary guys, man. So it's an honor and a privilege to be on your show, looking at that slam cover in the back with, you know, RJ and Julius. And today on Kimball Walker Day. <laughs> uh, I, right? I, it hasn't hit me yet. I, I yo, I, you know, I saw you know I happen to be on a group text right, and and I'm not name chasing or anything like that, but I happen to be on a three way group te- text because I kind of introduced uh, Q-tip to to CP. Oh, so every okay. time every time Tip sends a, a text out about the Knicks and all, it's CP on it. So the other day they were they were talking, and I didn't want to say like, oh, I'm still I'm still tied together to you guys, <laughs> and. and and they were talking about like you know how how it went down and it was a little bit of salt water in the mouth, but I you know not gonna get Dame, but Q-tip had kind of alluded to the fact like I heard they talking Kimba, and today it pops up and then the three way text pops up and uh, CP reiterates that that uh, Q-tip called it. Uh, he- I love how you just casually drop Q-tip, like you know, that's nothing. Yeah. Well, uh, Tip has the fr- Tip has the the, the court seat uh, tickets. He has the inside on all those all those guys worldwide west and all that. Me, I'm up in the cheap seats, and so when we, <laughs> me and CP happened to catch a game, man. We was we was, we caught the uh, Phoenix Suns game together, and we was up in the mezzanine. But you know, that's where it's happening. Well, listen. Um, to me, New York City basketball, it's about the cheap seats, right? It's about yeah. cheap, it's about the cheap well, seats. Well, no longer, no longer cheap seats. Well, it's che- just the, cheap in the maybe, air quotes. Right, right. The, the cheaper, <laughs> cheaper so we're in the er, you know, er seats. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, that's why I think today. So we're recording this on Wednesday. I think today's so significant um, because. When you think about when I think about New York City basketball and, I, you know, you talked about this with CP, um, there's something to it that's that's, you know, it has certain qualities and having a New York City guy. I know, you know, is he a street ball point guard? I mean, he's he's got the ankle breaking moves. He can do those sorts of things. That's what this team has been missing for so long. And how do you have a Nick team? And it's been 40 some odd years since we've had that position yeah. covered. So, all due respect to Stephon Marbury, all due respect to my, uh, Mark Jackson, uh, Michael Ray Richardson, but it feels like this is a big day, right? Yeah. I mean, all right, let's go back a couple of years where at least we had Marbury was New York, yes. the New York bread guard. And before that, you had Mark Jackson and Strickland. 
Bro, so you Rod felt Strickland, we, of course. Yeah. Yeah, we had we had the New York backcourt guy. So we just hope that Mr. Walker is in great shape, is willing to take on the obstacles of, of, of what's uh, in front of him, and that he doesn't get swarmed mentally by what New York I mean it's it's easy for New York to cover you when you you know you're playing on the on the Hornets and then the Celtics or whatever and you know you get that New York love but now you're gonna be a Nick and you know the swarm is is a is a a positive but it also could be heavy. Well let me ask you, you about that because yep. you you know this city has eaten eaten a lot of big names alive not just in the world of sports, but in your arena as well. Um, you came up here, you thrived here, you made your name here, you again became a, a worldwide icon here. Um, what What is it about this, uh, how, you know, wh- how can you, what's the difference about being su- successful here versus being successful anywhere else? Compression. <laughs> okay, I like it. Compression with a little bit of compassion, Ooh. but it's still compression, you know? And uh, cause people in New York cheat the jowl, you know, as they say, stacked on top of each other in many cases, um, traveling together, mass transit, mm. you and somebody's faces, you know, like that, you, it doesn't matter where you come from, you're gonna be in front of somebody's face that might be a total the antithesis of what you look like, the food you're eating, what you talking about, where you come from, and you're still there together. So New York is about <clears throat> compressed energy. You know, it's it's the it's like the pressure of like space. It's very spatial. So out of that energy, uh, you know, I mean, I should say, out of that compression comes the energy that that that. It, it's the both the good and the bad. The the thing about it, once you come out of here, it's one of those big. So I'm one up in Long Island, so Long Island, I was always able to look from the outside in. All my cousins with relatives, Harlem, the Bronx, and all that, mm-hmm. and they wanted a different compression and a need to be a little bit quicker at every turn. And Long Island was more like my mother's father from Harlem, you know. So we got the teachings and a little bit of that going in and looking from the outside in. So when it was time to become a professional and whatever we did, we know that you got to go at it like very hard to make it in New York. But we was able to see what the go for. We shoot the eye for the prize in music. We was able to see, well, if they're doing it at this level here, we know we got to go in at this level here and, and the energy, um, focus, determination, coming from the outside in, when you come from Jersey or Connecticut or whatever, you know you got to go into New York hard. When you're in the middle of all that, it's it's so much dog-eat-dog that, you know, whatever's going to come out there is going to be great, but can it actually sustain? Because you got to look over your shoulder something's coming for you. So the same thing in ball and, and professional sports. Kimber brought up in, in, in New York, he's going to he knows what it is. Let's say this is like you because he left for a while. He's been gone for a while and now had that perspective outside looking in. And now here he is. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah. And he's at what, 28, 20, 
nine years old. He's saying uh, he's, he, I think he may, he's like 30, 31, but it, he's it feels because don't forget, he was at UConn for three years. So he didn't come out until a little bit later. He's a little bit older when he came out. Yeah. So um, I think this is a this is this is a good thing for him. If he stays healthy, I think he can mentally handle. He knows what he's coming into. It's the best thing that in the world that could happen. Yo, he was going to OKC, bro. He was <laughs> no, well, not, mean, no shade on OKC, but seriously, when you out there, you out there, dog. You are out there, man. And, and Sam Presti it seems like he's he's playing the game of Bruce's millions anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seventy four million dollars. That's why I I'm, so our, my co-host on this podcast, Jeremy Cohen, uh, he heard the name last Tuesday night, not as early as, as um, uh, you know, uh, I guess you guys heard it. But um, and we were we were talking this morning about, oh, my goodness, we had to do an emergency live stream, but it's not going to be good. And but we couldn't figure out the math. Seventy four million dollars. It's a lot of money. And then we didn't even think buyout. No idea. Yeah, I mean. The good things come in surprises. This is, and, and, and look, it leans in our favor that, that we can have with all the effort that we put in last year to have a a season as enjoyable as last year. Yes. Notice me and being also a Nick fan, we're, we're optimistic, but you always got that thing on your hip. Well, so <laughs> history. Little... <laughs> that beats it into no. you, though. Like, you, know, exactly. you can't escape Let, that. Last year was the most enjoyable year for me, man. I have to go back to 99. Uh, I will. I go back to yeah. 90. I don't even look at 2012 because I kind of looked at 2012 as an assembly of a lot of different things. I was disappointed in the Knicks on, on, on how the excitement in the Jeremy Lin thing was kind of like screwed up. I thought that was an excitement to build around and then I mean, to me, I just think in the NBA, it's a it's a thin line between confidence to take you to that next level, and it's a small loophole for some players to from going from a player to good to great if mm. that opportunity is thoroughly taken advantage of. Because sure. all these guys are fantastic players. It's about you know their success is based on the opportunity the system and do they have the confident confidence to go up to that next level and the focus and the work and the wherewithal to yeah. go to that next level. I, I'm not, I'm not the person that believes that anything that you hear is great. is just based on, you know, God anointing everybody. Yeah, you're great. So therefore, boom, I think even the LeBron James came up as a clear headed kid. I mean, there's other six, eight, you know, uh, yeah. 250 pound, you know, high school students around. But that that young man had an experience to be focused and humble and taught and saw hard, hard knocks, steered his car another way. You know, he's he's a special human being, LeBron. James. Not to just take this to another conversation, uh, another tangent, but I'm saying that we've had situations where who knows, Jeremy Lin could have been that Steve Nash. And they say, well, he didn't have that speed and all. Every, all right, every, not everybody has that speed, but they happen to be the right person at the right time to take the right situation to another level. And we missed that to me. So what I saw last year gave me the best feeling of looking at something since 99. Um, the thing that 
separated last year from 2012-13 for me. And it was more last year. The only two comps I have personally are Linsanity, which was much more short lived, obviously, and 99, because it felt like, you know, I've. I've, I can only read about the teams from the early seven, late sixties, early seventies, yeah. but you read yeah. about those teams and it was the city came to life and rallied yeah. around the, the franchise and the team and the spirit of the team. And that yes. was with 99 underdogs, Jeremy yes. Lynn underdog, underdog last year picked to win fewer games than anybody in the I, did you get the same sense that that, that kind of quality was what made that so special? Yes, sir. And, and and even more so, man, I'm able to be at an age uh, who, who remembers the 68-69 season, the year before they won the championship. When they lost to the Celtics even, in, I forget yeah, how many games. Yeah, They lost to the Celtics, Celtics in, in uh, five games. Mm. And then that team right there, you know, I'm, I'm eight years old, so I'm like, you know, kind of heartbroken, but I really don't know that the next year I'm nine and I I kind of understand more. I really got it when I was 10. Okay. And that's the year we lost to to the um, Bullets, where, we, where the Bullets faced the Bucks, coincidentally. So I remember us coming from a team that, I mean, really sucked for a long time into being champions, as well as my baseball team becomes champion after it sucked. <laughs> and, the, and the football team was, was an American League. Here we go. You know? Yeah, we, got, yeah. we got the hat right there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the, 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 the uh, football team was the AFL. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, uh, I remember that period very clearly. And that was a team that went from underdog into champion. And that same feeling was that feeling last year. That's why I can't compare 99 and all of that because we were, we were blue chippers. Yeah. Uh, if I had to say that if, if the if the if the 84 team went further, that would have gave me a similar feel. Because, you know, we had Rory Sparrow and, Ooh. you know, Lewis. Bernard, obviously, and yeah, we have we have Bernard King. Obviously. Yeah. And, but 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 we had a bunch of things that UB Brown made happen with Bernard King. And that was a monster. And, and, we, and we lost to the Celtics. But. But, you know, that was satisfaction. Last year was just uh, – and, and then locking in with with yourself and, you know, CP and JLs and everybody, I felt that it really was the the, the just the, the solidification, if such a word, yep. of that middle media well, being the, the – between the fans and – I guess the machine, the middle, I felt I was in the arena every day, man. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So I, I want to a- ask about that because, you know, so I okay, I have to I have to nerd out for a second. Um I I teach because uh, I'm a teacher also. That's my side my side gig. I teach so to you. <laughs> I teach do the right thing to um my my high school students every year. And uh we analyze Fight the Power and the role right. that that song played in, in that in that film. And that you you grabbed on to an energy. You know, you're talking before about compression, right? Compression of New York. You grabbed onto an energy when you were young and, and coming up, and it just it set things on fire. Um, I feel like the opportunities that are available for people, I'm not putting myself in the same breath as you, obviously, but especially like someone like CP, where he's become a phenomenon because he cuts out the middleman and goes right to it. I feel like what's happening in media now, and you just, you know, you brought it up, you brought up the documentary that you interviewed us for. Um, It's like the kind of, again, I'm a little bit young to remember those early days of rap, but it's just, it's cutting through a lot of what's there. Um, And it's giving people that maybe did not have always a voice a chance to come up and say, well, why do I need to get my content or my information? Do you, maybe it's a bit of a stretch. Do you see any similarities there? You're on top of it, man. You guys are like the independent record companies (laughs) and New York is known whether you're talking about these with doo-wop and Atlantic records and, you know, and Detroit with Motown records, you guys are, are on using the use of the, www World Wide web and social media have become a necessary third 
party to the fans and the and the media at hand. You're in the middle. And you know, the pandemic had a lot to do with That's that sure. gap being there as well, because yeah. if you can't go to sit in the seats, where were the seats? The seats were with you guys. Now, after the so-called pandemic clears out, you know, media wants to grab its its hold and the fans kind of want to go back to the seats, but maybe not. You guys are, are, are going to be the best. You guys are the best seats in town. Oh. And um, I can see other teams out there understanding that the virtual seats and the virtual arena of media that you guys provide on the, mo on the moment, you know, like you can't get the news after. You got to be on the moment, on the cusp. It's going to be a lot of emotion. It's going to be a lot of feel. It's going to be a, 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 as the play is made, commentary is going yeah. out there. It's like, a, you know, the broadcaster has like, you know, a thousand other voices alongside the play by play. This is new phenomenon that goes with the technology and also the conditions that we live in today. And and they're finding out that that it makes media accountable. It makes media accountable. Yeah, fans could fly off at the handle, but there's a, also a difference between the fan and the well, as you guys say, the casual, the, ca the yeah. fans, and then you have the astute fanatics who are between the two, between the fan and between the machine. And uh, yeah. that's a that's a very thin area to, to trade. And you got to come there with a skill set and you guys have the skill set, you know, and you guys got a great skill set that the fan needs. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have to ask this because I'm curious. There's I feel like in music. There's this push and pull about you when you when you're coming up and you're and you're getting a name for yourself at right. versus when you've kind of made it. And then there's the like, oh, they sold out. Right. Because now everybody listens to them. And it's like that you you told that line brilliantly, which is why, you know, 30 some odd years after you first started really entering this game in a significant way. Um, you're, you're as relevant and more relevant, arguably now than ever. Was that, was that difficult for, for you coming up at first? Yeah, you got to kind of state who you are and where you're coming from. And I think that's helpful in the beginning, but also you got to state what's a reality. You know, nobody wants to be an asshole. <laughs> so you say, you know, really, I think seriously. some people want to be assholes, man. I don't but know. You about know that. What, seriously, but they get irritated when somebody assholes them back. That's true. you know. Yeah. So I'm just like saying, you if if if, if you want to be any kind of in any kind of trade, you, you your job should be like, how do you make the position solid and stable, especially if you're creating a position. So when you leave the position, somebody could come in there and leave it even better than how they found it. Okay. You guys created a space right there. You somebody just can't come in and be ne negligent. And just like, oh, yeah, I could just say anything and do anything. Well, then you have what you have. Then. But okay. you guys know that you have to tread a certain line. It's like, yeah, we're not going to be like, you know, Newsday or Daily News all the time. We, 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 we might come at you a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we know that there's a thin line. We ain't going to just we're not going to be childish about it. So that's the difference. It's a, it's a hard immediate. It's more immediate. You know, it's a little bit maybe like a mosquito on your neck a little bit, but it's got to it's got to be because the fans want that. Yeah, the fans want that. You know, they they and they kind of like really 
don't fully always trust somebody's burner account. <laughs> now, you know what I'm saying? Not no, a ball player's burner account because that's based on emotion. You guys got to know the, the, you guys know the mixture of emotion and also and compassion and also fact. You know, media did wants to deal with the fact, or even if they got to make up their facts. The fan wants emotion and going to deliver emotion. Somebody got to be in the middle of that. It, it's, not a, it's not a really, it's, you know, the first yeah. person that turned me on about you guys and turned me on about Knicks fan TV was Alan Hahn. AH oh, yeah. is my guy. And, you know, right. and throughout, throughout the years, me and AH used to go back and forth. I sent him like, a text message and stuff like that, you know, but never like try like to get in the, you know, in the middle of that, you know what I'm saying? It's Cause it's like, it's like taboo. I'm a fan and he's like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to hear about inside news or none of that. I don't want to hear none of that. But then he's like, yo, I'm getting ready to go on. And you know, I mean, yeah, they want to the smoke and you know, we coming off a 17 win season. So it's going to be smoke there regardless. And I was like, and so he's just telling me, and I'm like, wow. So I'll check it out. for. And when I checked it out for myself, I was like, whoa, okay. This is what's going down. You know, and from, you know, CP and JLs and checking you out and all that, and everybody down the line. Anthony Donnie also back in the day. Yeah. We, sure. we also get me, get me on. So I was like, wow, this is, a, this is good for me, you know, because, you know, AH, I'm going to read, but I'm going to be biased to AH too, to, to Alan, because he's my guy, you know. But then he, Turn me on. I know the sports writers and stuff. They got their thing. They know that they have to. Everybody has a lane. Yeah. Yeah. They got their lane and they know. But see, you see that the major media that also watches people like that, they're watching you guys and they're trying to appropriate their own little area and try to have a competing middle area to the area that you guys have done organically. Which welcome is crazy because I just the, I, I want it to be them. That's what welcome it, to the, Welcome to the record business. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now all that beatboxing that you was doing, Matt, you was doing the beatboxing. Now they want to figure out how to make the beatboxing legitimate, man. We're going to have a beatbox category of billboard now. <laughs> I, again, you, you, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just far. It's crazy to me how in, in these different arenas, music, media, people could pave the way. And then you could look back and like, I, I guarantee you, I've never spoken about this, but I know CP looks at you as an inspiration for, for what he's doing. Um, and I'm just a fan. Hey, listen, I'm just a fan, man. Oh, and come on. I, no, you no, can, no, no, you can say that, but we, we all know, but we all know our lanes, man. My lane is to be a fan. That's like when I go on the, the chat, I just kind of chat. I want to call in because that's getting in the way of a caller. I'm a big fan of, of, of Justin Termini and Eddie Johnson over at, over at Sirius. Big fan yeah. of those guys. I followed them for years. Those are like the pro pros. EJ, I followed his sports career. So I'm, I'm a, I'm what you call a, a Ball jock groupie. And sometimes people, oh man, you're jocking them too hard as a fan. I said, damn, can I be a fan? Uh, I know how to be. Listen, I yeah. got I got fans around the world. So I know how to be the best fan because I got the best fans. Oh, so when it's time for me to be a fan, I don't need to be anything more. You know what I'm saying? I want to be a fan. I want to sit in those seats just like everybody else. And I want somebody, if somebody's going to throw the smoke back at me, like, you know, there's this cat that's on the chat board that Chuck, you out of your damn mind, man. That's good. Hey, I, we got no status on there. If I say something, I'm out of whack. Yo, sit me down. That's the fun part. 
let let's let's we'll we'll finish up maybe uh, on that path with uh we are fans of this team. Um it was a it was a heck of a year. I see uh, that poster on your wall. That po- that poster's on your door with pride, bro. Do, can I tell you so I they the the cover the story came out that they were going to be on the cover and I think there was the tweet with the behind the scenes video and whatnot and then um I saw something about the fathead and I think I I think I tagged my wife in a picture of it or something and I said you know Father's Day is coming up just say it I didn't, I didn't say anything else I didn't even know if she saw it and then right. sure enough Father's Day comes um I. <sighs> My biggest thing is, again, the 90s are a long time ago. The league yeah. has, has changed a lot in terms of uh, how sustainable and easy it is to, to build sustainable winning culture over time. Uh, you don't see it that much anymore. It's, it's oh. rare. I want to and then but the but the flip side of the coin is you get a season like 2012, 13, where it's just one year, you know, and I want to very badly believe that this is the start of something. I don't want to, I mean, I love last season. I don't want to be, and I'm going to be telling my grandkids about last season, but I don't want to be telling them about like, oh yeah, remember that one good year? No, I want to tell them about the start of it. NBA is turning into the NFL. That's How many teams we got in the league? Like 32 or 31? I uh, think I made a mistake. 30, in the 30 NBA, 32 NFL. Yeah. 30 NBA teams. That means anything you can it means that you can go like like the last time I seen my team win the chip where everybody seems to talk about championship, championship like they're easy, right? Only one bro, does it. I was twelve, bro. I was twelve. Good friends of mine, Earl Moreau, Henry Bibby, they were there. You know what I'm saying? They were there. I was twelve, man. I just turned sixty-one, bro. You can go through half a century and not see your team win man and now with 30 teams you could probably get ghosted for like 85 years like red Sox and the cubs did in baseball Goodness. you could go through generations and not see your team even like that's what i'm saying is when there's a time to celebrate you celebrate i don't see how anybody could go up kicking a bucket because the sun's lost in six i would be like yo we you know you, you people like kind of like talk about like when uh, Magic Johnson's like, we only hang championship bombs. Well, you kind of like buy half your teams all the time. So, I mean, hello. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, when they tell you that uh, a conference championship banner don't mean nothing or a division championship banner don't mean nothing, I think ca- conference championship banners are nothing to be ashamed of. The net where the Nets had back to back and all of a sudden, oh, they didn't win the chip. It's only going to be one winner and 29 losers. But it's the and chase. You see that. Here's another it's thing. It's being Jeff. in it. Yo, here's another thing. Whether your team is 16 and 62 or whatever, or you lost in the finals, you're asking the same amount of questions in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. that, you might be asking yourself more questions in the summer than the team that, that won 16 games. That's the crazy thing about it. So, I take last year as that was a cup of champagne because some teams that went out there, they had a bottle of club soda. And sometimes even if you win the chip and you bought your team, 
That champagne ain't tasting like champagne. It's tasting like club soda, man. It's well, like seltzer, can we man. just say it? I mean, it's seltzer. We, they're right across the river. We could just say it. Like, look, I got asked so many times on so many post games, isn't this better than if those guys do it? And I said, look, I wouldn't trade this for anything. I want, Yo, and man. that's why I have that up because, you know, I know Julius Randle's not you know, top 10 player. I know RJ Barrett, there's probably a ceiling there. But I want to do it with those guys. And that's why, uh, to bring it back to Kemba, I love the fact that, okay, look, whether Dame happens eventually or not, whatever, like, again, sticking with the underdog. He was bought out. He was bought out. He was told, we're going to give you your money to go away. New York guy, again, coming home. I like it. With no draft picks. So you know Sam Presti is the king of collected draft picks, like, you know, like 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 Kardashian collects pocketbooks or something. I don't know, man. It's like, yo, man. With no, we had to. I mean, we had to give up a draft pick. Yeah. I, at least I don't know. What, no, what, we, I don't know the total de- details. No, now, it was a, it was a buyout. It's just it's just it's just money, as they say. It's a lot of money, but it's just it's just money. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see where the team goes. Um, I I'm curious. You know, hey, look, here's another thing not to cut you off. Yeah, no, we know there's going to be some painful moments this year. Yeah, it's going to be so it's going to be some painful moments. We're going to be looking at I, I thought that Reggie Bullock's footwork was the most incredible I've seen in the last three years with the style of play that is that's in the NBA now. I, I mean, it's my and I, and I didn't mean to cut you off. Like I said, it's like. Now to guard, you got to like know that you got to put so much talk pressure on defending yes. that a person could go, just step back, boom. To me, I think that's also the cause of injury, injuries because you got you got to do so much motion with your lower extremities that something's going to give, man. And if you're going a, a team or player, you're switching cats. You know, before in basketball. You didn't have somebody stepping back like as much. Everything in the basketball was like, we're going to get the ball towards the hoop for the highest percentage bucket. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to kick it out and we're going to, you know, back it up with a long shot or maybe uh, the three point line. Three point line has been there since 1979. But that but that's why a lot I feel like a lot of those like forwards in particular from the 80s once the game started changing and getting more dynamic in terms of what offensive players were able to do, those right. guys went out of the league, you know, not because they couldn't score. It right. was because they couldn't hold up at the other end of the court. And now, right. you know, and that's I even, you know, your quote unquote two way superstars, your guys, you know, guys like Kawhi, like nobody goes and takes the offensive load on one hand and then guards the best player. I mean, in the playoffs, maybe when it comes down to it, you do. But that's why what Reggie did this season, to shout out Reggie Bullock. Yeah, man. Took on the best wing offensive player on the other team night after night after night. I I love R.J. Barrett. Love him. Yeah. He did not get that assignment. They gave that assignment to Reggie Bullock. We're going to have to replace that, bro. Because I don't don't see Fournier and I don't even see Kemba and... it's just a lot of wear and tear and commitment. Look, man, in football, they got they got two different teams. The offense and the defensive <laughs> team, basketball. <laughs> but now the game is like so much like the lower extremities on the footwork, man. You got, man, You that's why I thought Mitch was great. Because Mitch, 
Mitch could go chase the perimeter, fall back and be a problem. But also what Mitch was doing on offense was like he was creating havoc, um, creating space for Julius because alley-oops, oh, if Julius gets concentrated dangerous. on, and then he's just offensively in the way of a lot of the defenders, he was just kind of big and lanky all over the place, and that helped us, I thought, you know? I want to ask about Mitch for just a second because his name's been popping up because, like, we were there was, a, I guess, a video of Julius Randle working out with Miles Turner. People are like, oh, now we should get Miles Turner. I, I'm... I'm at the point with Mitch. I bu- I'm a big believer in Mitch's talent. Right. There seems to be potentially some some immaturity things. Does that again, you've been I, I don't know what it's like to be in that world where you have access and it's like the, the world is yours, you know, so to speak. You have been there. Does should that concern us that he seems to not quite fully get it yet? Yep. I was hoping you'd give me a different answer. <laughs> okay. Hey, man, uh, you want to talk about like like Ben Simmons down in Philly, 25 years old. You got the whole world, and your world is shook up by something else than, than, than on the basketball court. So that's the, the obstacle. Same thing with, with Mitch. How old is Mitch now? 23? I think he's 23, yeah. Half the world open in New York. New York is like like living in the Jetsons now. You know, it's like, and then you got, you got money, you got everything. It's like. How hard is that to, to go from something that is at one point, it's just a game. You know, I know music is, I mean, not a sport, but it's like you do it for just the love and then the money comes. How is it to, to start to have to treat something that you once did just out of love as, okay, this is my job now. And it requires different things. Is that because I feel like there's a lot of people that can't make that change. And that's why they don't succeed. Yeah, I think you got to go through some kind of loss. Do you? Something's okay. some, some got to get taken away from you. Something. I mean, you're like, you know, oh, you was on a high horse. Okay, that, that horse came down a little lower, so now you're on the low horse. Something's <laughs> got to work in order for you to continue to be privileged or to have this area of entitlement where you can work on and then it becomes yours. This is why Julius last year was so great for us because no one saw it coming. No. And, and 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 he got a lot of smoke that year before, like, what he was it, but he was 25. 25 going to 26. Who knows what's going to turn around? I think Ben Simmons is going to do the same next year because now, okay, you got something taken away from you. Maybe not financially, but people dug into you and something got snatched out of you. They took, they took your spine away. And you're going to have to find a way to get your spine back. But anyway, that's their problem. I think with Mitch, he had injury. You know, maybe that was uh, maybe that was enough. Maybe not. Okay. But usually what happens when you're in your 20s, you're coming up, something's going to have to get taken away from you to teach you that lesson. It used to happen to, art, uh, to uh, artists. It used to happen to ball players when they did four years of college. Something humbled you. Something humbled you. It's like, all right, you're a sophomore, but, you know, you broke up with your girl. <laughs> you're a sophomore in college. You ain't got nothing. You're just a ball player on the way to hopefully be something. Yeah. And you're 20 years old, and you have to wake up out of that. Damn, man, she left me and stuff like that. Oh, I'll make her pay, you know. So now these guys are going right into the league 
everything is mature except for their mind. And and Mitch came in as a rookie, and immediately he was, you know, the team's best player. I wonder, you know, that's that's interesting. I'm going to think about that a little bit. But to to again bring it back to Kemba, talk about being humbled. um, You know, this this should be interesting. I I want to ask you before I let you go about uh, so Leon Rose Worldwide West. That's the those are the two guys. That's the brain trust, right? Um, You going to put Scott in there. Do you put Scott in there? Why are you answering the question with a question? <laughs> I don't know. No, I've listen. I'll be straight with you. I I w- was very hard on Scott Perry. I have been very hard on Scott Perry over the years. Remember, I told you I'm a fan. I just <laughs> I don't know that I trust completely his basketball. I said, I'm, a fan. I'm a fan of yours. So I know. I've heard, I've, I've heard you. <laughs> I've heard you take the wax stick to him. Because, I mean, he – look, Kevin Knox over those guys, I hope it doesn't come back to haunt us. I hope we can overcome that. That was – I'm still I'm, – I got a little bit in, 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 in me for Kevin Knox. <laughs> how I, much? Show me how much – show me how much you got left because I'm – I had a lot of, on Kevin Knox. I have, and, a, I have some Frank in here too. <laughs> well, we always have some Frank in there. I got some Frank in here, some Kevin Knox. I had Julius in there, but he's in another cup and glass now. Yeah, he's in. But you know, nicer. with me, I'm I'm old, so I start seeing things that work, and then I'm like, I get really like clutchy on on like you know, I got heart for Reggie Bullock, and he's gone. Um, That's fair. There'll be some names I won't name because I don't want to be. Po- and here's a different thing, also another thing. I can't get vocal on certain things in the public. I can't because it comes back to like, because I'm a public person. Yeah. So if I happen to throw any shade and there's something else, then I'm like, so I got, that's the only time where I take the fan hat off. Okay. And I just like, all right. Yeah. Because I mean, I, one, one time I said something and the whole family got dis- disappointed. Oh, we were. the father bought, you know, public enemy records when he was a kid. I'm like, ah. I'm, so I think about one the of, same one thing. Of my big, too. I, one of a big yeah. follower of mine, right? Grew up yeah. with my music. It's Trey Young's father. You kidding me? I'm kidding me? I, you know, like all these guys are like uh, all these NBA players are like my kids' age, and and they're even younger than my kids' age. So obviously their their, their parents sure. are going to be younger than me, or they even grew up with me as I was thirty. They might have been eighteen and all. So I. I watch what I put out there because I put some out there. It could be like, oh man, that's my son, man. You're killing it. You know, so I didn't join it. I wasn't part of the Trey Young thing. And I and every time I see a young person out there, because number one, I'm 61, so I can't get in into a, a position of being a public person talking about the achievements of a young man or woman, what they're doing. I'm like, go, oh, yo, I'm you know, so I gotta put that hat on too. Sure. You know, I gotta take the fan hat off. Although, you know, I'm like, ah, Trey Young killed us, but I gotta be like, that's a fine young man. <laughs> <laughs> he is a he's a fine young man, fine young basketball player. Um, yes. Yeah. No, I worry about the same thing because I I know you know as as um, I you're I, a teacher. Well, that too. That's the other extra complicated thing is like you know <laughs> I do have to try to set a good example, although it sometimes you know I know right after some games maybe not so much. Um, I I'll, okay, I'll here I'll throw Scott Perry in. He listen, Scott Perry's earned the right to be thrown in there. Let's just say that because last last season doesn't happen um, without Julius, and Julius is not here without Scott Perry. So let's let's just say that. 
Um, this brain trust, I, I believe they are, and I've said this about other people before, uh, we'll ignore that. I believe that they're going to continue to get this thing in the right direction. I believe they have the bigger picture in mind. Um, I believe they have the wherewithal, and I think they're respected around the league. That's the that last part is I think most important. Do you, do you get the same sense? I'm curious. I, I do, but I don't think there's a I don't think people are in business to be stupid, and I don't think there's a dumb team out there. That's true. And I think next year, Toronto finally has a home court. Next year. As they, as we know now, preseason starts on time. Yep. I think what the Knicks did last year, we we got conditioned faster than any other team out there. Thank Maybe you. Maybe it could have been that we didn't part, we didn't participate in the bubble. No, and I know that we was hearing that Tibbs in August was getting people running around, getting them conditioned. So we came out of the blocks like, you know, Knicks came out of the blocks well conditioned while. Teams are trying to figure out their wind and their continuity. That was important. I think we got to come out of blocks hard because I think that in other brain trusts, they're, they're not stupid. And I think that everybody's going to have a, a, a starting point at the same time. Although I will also add, without getting convoluted, that it takes a while for a culture to gel. And with these players moving around so so much, that I think that us holding on to that's, as many players as we did. But that's why I like those moves. Gives us a continuity. That's why you know? I, I, you're not just paying ten million dollars for Alec Burks and ten million dollars for Nerlens Noel right. and and right. and um uh, and whatever fourteen I guess for for Derrick Rose. You're paying to keep those players here after they have been part. Um, which is why I was just a little surprised at some of the people who were just so upset at that. I mean, we just had the best year that we've had in so long and you want to just, okay, let's ship everybody out and bring in. I I liked what they did. So I'll just say that. Um, You had prediction for next year, win total. You want to give me a, or seed or any, anything like that. My light went out. Um, My my ring light, but we could still do this. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need the ring light for this. (laughs) <laughs> for a prediction. I Although um, I wonder if that's a karmic sign that whatever you're about to say is either, I don't know. Nah, I, I look, man. Um, I only care about one team. It's my team. But I do think that it's surprising how Boston is just throwing itself in a spin cycle of confusion. You don't like the Inez Cantor re-signing? Today, and this is and this is my guy, man. You like Ennis? Well, he's my guy. You know, I, I thought he, he he was a bright light for us as 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 a Nick because he connected with the fans a lot, and he I think he's my guy. But I'm just okay. saying, Boston as a whole is just well. Now it comes back on. Oh, there we Boston go. as a whole is just like confusing. So I think we have an edge over Boston. Um, I think Washington. Under Scott Brooks and Beal staying there, and Westbrook, they I think they might have a, a addition by subtraction. On, uh, you know, well the uh, West Ensel Junior now is there. West, there but see, so like, learning like under that, him yeah. might be a whole trick. That gives us some some leeway that they got to learn a system, learn mm-hmm. a new coach, 
So that helps us. Okay. Uh, Chicago on paper with, you know, uh, they'll be better with, with Zach and Lonzo. That be you know, on paper. It looks, it looks a little, and, and then what they talk about maybe hopefully re-signing marketing. What, I don't, yeah, I, I, I can't get a sense. Cause if I was them, I would, um, I I'm a big fan of, Pat Williams, um, and not just because yeah. I've had his his college coach uh, on a couple times. I, I like Pat Williams, so I would I would put Pat Williams as the starting uh, four, especially we talked about defense before. Yeah, I don't know who else in that starting lineup is going to defend any. Well, Lonzo could defend a little bit, but um, no, I think they need Pat Williams in the starting five. We'll see what happens with Mark, and though he's a, he's a good player, though. I, I think I think we have an advantage because I think we have a culture and a system, and a lot of this moving around, players moving around, and coaches being interchanged gives us an advantage those first couple of months of the season. I think that's important coming out of the blocks. You know, I think um, Rick Carlisle going to Indiana is a little scary. That Yeah. Because he's going to go there. I think Toronto is always scary, um, especially, you know, being up north and, 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 and you know, up the north. They're, they're scary. We, I, and I we think, the north, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think out of the West, uh, I'm glad we're not in the West because a team like Memphis is scary. But There's we ain't got to deal with that. Not I mean, many bad teams. I mean, you look around the league, you got thirty teams. Out of thirty teams, we you know when a team is even in the playoffs, that's I mean, I think we could look at our, at, at the Hawks as being our head-to-head rivals. I think we got to shoot for them, beat them. You know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm here and for I'm, it. I'm saying. That will make me like, okay. And we beat them four times last year in the regular season. But really seriously, what people fail to realize, our conditioning kept us in a lot of games and also just seemed like there was weird things like Milwaukee sat out half their team. We got to win there. Listen, if we're uh, we're being honest, like... If we're being being honest, we really had a 35-win season, which was still phenomenal to me. But then also, we, we we were getting waxed, and this was a sign of things to come. I me- I know you remember this game, John. Which one? Trey Young was serving us. Yeah, they, we, were, they were Pel- down by n- were they down by nine? I think when and, he when he- and then and and then Pelly fell on him or something like that. <laughs> remember? Uh, yes, <laughs> it was Pell. That's right, it was Pell. Uh, That's what I was saying during the playoffs. Bring in Pelly. <laughs> I, I liked I like Pell. I, I I'm gonna miss you know you'll miss Reggie Bullock. I'm gonna miss Norval Pell. No, but it was it was that we got we caught the Lakers without their guys. Yeah. Um, it, you know even down to the end of the season, you know Boston obviously didn't didn't play anyone that last game. They still almost beat us. You know Toronto. All the games we played against Toronto, where Toronto had this kind of funky season. Yeah. Um. You know it was they caught you know they caught some breaks. Coming out of the blocks is going to be important for us. So how we start that season, how we start this season. We, the Knicks hopefully should look at preseason as, as let's jump out, uh, jump out ahead, you know, cause I, you know, the bucks are going to be looking for this. They're going to, I think they're going to start off a little slow. They already got the chip. I think the Sixers are, are a little confused and they got to figure it out. We got advantages in the East right now that I think change in, it changes in January. Who, who? Last thing. Who are you most excited uh, to watch in a Nick uniform this year? And, and well, in the new throwback Nick uniforms. And I going like back those. Don't you like them? I'm a fan. Um, 
I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I, okay. I think. Um, I think my ten-year-old child could have designed the same thing, but it, it's, 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 but no, it's, it's, it, it's, it is what it is. It's the, it's the nineteen forty-six. It's, it is what it purports to be. It's, right. it's the it throwback. Is. It's the, it is, know, yeah, it is. So, so it will be, it will be dope seeing Kimber Walker in that uniform. It will. Come on, you and, know it's going to be. And I think Evan Fournier, Nick Killer. Yeah. Right, well, well, we we have Burks who used to be a Nick Killer. Kimber Walker used to be a Nick Killer. We got some Nick Killers. We hope start doing some killing as Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've written written a lyric or two in your life. Uh, okay, this was uh, this was a thrill, uh, really. I, I, I first of all, thank you for all the kind words that are completely yeah. undeserved about me, and uh, you know for for supporting. Um, not only myself, but obviously for CP and for kind of, you know, really being a champion for, like you said, well, we're, the, what do you, what'd you call it? Middle media? I don't know what, I don't even know what I am. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, it's, 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 it's middle media is the virtual seats. Um, you guys have built an arena outside the arena and, and, and a press building outside the press building. All, all here from my laundry room, which you can't see my yeah, laundry exactly. room over there. It, it, it actually resides in the gadgets of our mind. <laughs> That's a good way to end it. Um, again, uh, the legend, uh, Chuck D. Thanks for coming on. Hang out one sec. I'm gonna uh, bid adieu to our listening audience. Thank you for checking out another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We'll be back with you uh, with uh, more great stuff before you know. It.